Hello, friends. That week went fast, didn't it? I feel like I was just recording my last podcast, and here I am again. And I just feel like there's so many things that I want to talk about that have happened in the last week and that have been happening and feel like you should talk about, but I also feel like I should talk about things that are occasionally lighthearted, and so this is just going to be all over the page. So like Betty Davis said in All About Eve, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a bumpy ride. I love a good movie quote, and I only say that one because I was thinking about talking about God's gifts, the sermon that our new associate pastor, um, Mark Renner, gave had some really good things to say about God's gifts, and I thought I would share that and sort of put my own spin on things, as I always do. And then I was also wanting to talk about some hard things that just made me think of grit. And then, of course, I thought of True Grit, which is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. I know, weird. People probably wouldn't know that about me. But it's just a great movie, and it's got a lot of great quotes in it, too. And then the other thing was just, you know, between God's good gifts and the grit of life that we have to get through, the idea of gratitude and that's sort of sort of the bridge between the two I don't know maybe so like I said I'm just going to be all over the place which is what I meant by like fasten your seatbelts it's going to be a bumpy ride because just stick with me I think there's something in here for all of my listeners to hear and and that you need to hear and I don't know what that is but Hopefully, I'll spew it out somewhere in between. So, let's first talk a little bit about the whole idea of grit. Grit has a little bit of a negative tone and a positive tone. If you get some grit in your eye, like maybe small, loose particles of stone or sand or dust that grit can get real irritating fast and very uncomfortable. And it's a small thing, but it feels like it's a big thing, right? A sliver, you know, that's, that's some grit. Grit, when, when you hear grit, often you kind of think of, um, sweaty or dirty or, you know, um, just not necessarily impeccable. But grit also, it has become sort of a personality trait, too. And it certainly was true in the movie True Grit. That is why um, the young girl hires Rooster Cogburn, because he's got true grit. It's defined as perseverance and, like, passion for what you do. And so, 
I feel like there's been a lot of things in a lot of people's lives that I know that are causing them some grit, um, illnesses, stressful lives, um, mental health issues, health insurance issues, um, financial issues, just relationship issues. And some of it might be small or not even life-threatening, but it's like that loose sand that gets in your eyes and just causes pain and, and stress and, and a problem. And it's frustrating because why do we have this? And if you've ever tried to get sand out of your eye, it, it's hard. Like, you know, the whole eye wash thing. And even then it still feels like that it's there because it has irritated the eye so much that your eye is still somewhat recovering. And, and so grit in our life sometimes is what creates the opposite of that grit, the, the perseverance part of it is because you have to get through those tough times, those irritating times, those painful times to persevere. And then you get grit, right? And so I think it's interesting and I'm probably explaining it really stupid, but I'm hoping that you understand it. And I think it's important to know that God is on both sides of that grit. He's there with you when you are in this awful situation. And he's there through it and on the other side when you've earned the grit of personality. Interestingly enough, I loved um, teaching Vacation Bible School, as you know, and in the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's written by Sally Lloyd-Jones, and it's illustrated by Jago, J-A-G-O. Honest to goodness, I think every human should have this little story Bible because it is told in a way that just Old Testament stories, New Testament stories, the whole thing just has this picture of our beautiful triune God, and it all points to Jesus. And the um, the illustrations by this Jago are amazing. And so we were talking about when Jesus was in the Garden um, of Gethsemane and in the storybook Bible, it's called A Dark Night in the Garden. And we're talking about some grit right there. Jesus knows that in a few hours, he is going to go through some serious grit, although it's not really like a small loose particle that's going to be irritating him. It's going to be big, big stuff and it's going to be hard. And in 
the story of when Jesus is praying, it comes to a part, and I'm just going to read it um, right out of the book. It says, but Jesus knew there was no other way. All the poison of sin was going to have to go into his own heart. God was going to pour into Jesus. I got to say that again because I emphasize the wrong thing. God was going to pour into Jesus's heart all the sadness and brokenness in people's hearts. He was going to pour into Jesus's body all the sickness in people's body. God was going to have to blame his son for everything that had gone wrong, and it would crush Jesus. I found that to be absolutely, I don't want to say enlightening because usually that sounds so positive, but empowering, like I, I, so powerful to know that all of our brokenness, all of our sickness went with Jesus on the cross. And so when we are sick or hurt and you feel like that's not your fault right i mean nobody tries to get sick even in addiction situations um you know people aren't trying for that when they're trying to find like a diagnosis and you're trying to get answers to why did this happen all of a sudden to think that that sickness that hurt that pain is on the cross with Christ that is such a good thing and your grit your pain your negative side of grit is with Christ and it is his positive grit his perseverance and his true passion and and you've heard it called that before the passion of the Christ they could have said the grit of God because that is the truest form of grit is when Christ Pierce, persevered, pierced, that's, I meant to say persevered, and I said pierced, but he obviously was pierced for us, but he persevered on the cross because of his passion for us, and so any of my listeners who are going through some sort of sickness, keep bringing it to God. Jesus has taken that sickness upon the cross and God knows the best plan for you. He is your creator and he is able to fix you whether it's here on this earth or beyond you are fixed and so keep working through the grit of it all because on the other side of that faith and of that hope is the perseverance and 
passion that gives us grit to tell our story and to help somebody else and to work it out. Another movie quote from Russell Crowe, who played John Nash in A Beautiful Mind. Perhaps it's good to have a beautiful mind, but an even greater gift is to discover a beautiful heart. God gives us so many gifts, and grit, I think, is one of them. And it wasn't one that was listed in Pastor Mark's sermon, but he also said God's gifts are endless. I was a big note taker um, last week in church, and I have started to be a note taker. It helps me listen better and keeps me engaged and keeps me thinking, and I, I like it. I enjoy it a lot, and so I took notes, and interestingly enough, Um, I had been at um, Bible and Brew. I didn't have a brew. I had a Diet 7-Up with a lime in it because that makes me look very mature with a lime in it. Then people are like, whoa, wonder what she's drinking. And it's Diet 7-Up, but it's delicious and the lime makes it a little zesty. So fun fact about me. Anyways, we chatted a little bit about like baptism and some other topics. And Pastor Mark was just saying that, you know, salvation comes through God, always. From God, through God, in God, with God, for God, the whole, it's God, period. And so he says, you know, like, through grace and the word in baptism and communion and confession and absolution. And so then on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, he had a sermon in which it spoke a little bit more on those. And when you think about the gifts of God, it's just so amazing. But I'm going to digress because it started making me think about gifts and some fun stories about gifts that I was thinking about, like, what are some of the best gifts that I've ever gotten? I giggle because I absolutely remember one Christmas in which my brother John is a pretty notorious good gift giver, um, but he accidentally wrapped, um, I think it was Elton John's greatest hits, up might be Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. But anyways, he wrapped that up and put my name on it. And I don't know, it was like a kind of a cool, fun toy. And he accidentally put my sister Susie's name on it. My sister Susie is um, two years older than I am. And so you might know her. I often mention my sister Susie. She's my biggest fan. Some say that they are, but I got to tell you, Susie's probably the one who's listened to every single episode and also gives me tips and tells me that she thinks I'm super funny. So (laughs) that's fake laugh. We'll talk about that at another time. Anyways, um, 
So yeah, I remember that Christmas because after I opened it thinking, oh my gosh, I just got an Elton John album. My brother John's like, mm, that's for Susie. Give that to her. She's got your gift. Hilariously enough, I think I did get to unwrap both the gifts. So score. Um, I also ruined a Christmas present one time. Um, my mom liked to wrap things kind of like um, in code. I don't even know. I, that makes no sense. She doesn't wrap them in code, but like in disguise. That's really what I'm looking for. In code. That made no sense. Ugh. Anyways, so she took a pair of mittens and wrapped them in Reynolds wrap like a mitten and put a like a ribbon around the wrist part of it and I poked it and we weren't allowed to pick up our gifts and shake them and try to guess or anything like that you just didn't touch them um but when nobody was looking I poked it and it was soft and so I knew it was mittens and weirdly enough it super spoiled it when I opened them up I can even remember the color of them. They were like a turquoise yarn knitten. Knitten. <laughs> that was supposed to be mitten. But knitted mitten equals knitten. So if, you know, if you are a crocheter or a knitter and you make mittens, you're making mittens. So <laughs> that's how you recover from just being an idiot. Anyways... So yeah, I wrecked the blue um, mitten present. I got a tie-dyed outfit. And this must have been, I'm voting 1975. And I remember that it was 100% um, polyester, kind of a cute little short mini skirt, and um, a geeky little blouse that had kind of a pointy collar all, I just even talking about it right now makes me want that outfit back so bad. And I remember opening it thinking, gross, this is gross and I hate it. But I was a really nice kid that would never say that to my parents. Probably because my dad might have punched me. No, I'm joking, but he'd have been mad. He would not have been happy with me. And it would have hurt my mom's feelings. So just, I would never. And, you know, hello, welcome to kids that grew up in the 70s. You just respected authority. Hashtag wish every kid now did. Anyways, that's just me being old, though. So I just thought, well, you know, I'll wear it once. I wore it to school, to Harrison Elementary School, and got nothing but compliments on how cute my outfit was, how cool my outfit was. I'm not even joking yet. It was coming from all sides. Um, people in my grade, people in higher grades, people in lower grades, um, the librarian, the teacher, the principal, the school nurse, like everybody in the school legit said, Chris Hanawal is dressed the cutest ever. So that might be a slight exaggeration, but all I know is that wearing that cute little outfit and just sucking it up was rewarded 
with You Look Cute Today, and it made me feel so good. And it ended up being like my all-time favorite. And I don't even know what happened to it. I don't remember, and I don't, I wish it still fit me. But, you know, things that fit you when you're 10 don't fit you when you're almost 57. So fun things about gift. Or how about this? And yeah, Susie, I'm going to tell the story because it cracks me up because occasionally you tell the story and when we're just trying to be funny and teasing each other, but it ends up being like, oh my gosh, it's true. I did that. So one time my sister bought this um, kind of fun, like knickknacky sort of thing and said, came out and said, hey, I bought you something. Well, it just probably wasn't my best day. My mind was in a thousand other places. And my family is notorious tricksters. So she handed it to me and I said, is this a joke? I don't, I mean, it wasn't super ugly or it just was a random gift giving day. It wasn't Christmas. It wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Valentine's Day. And so I wasn't expecting a for real gift and it happened randomly. And I just must've been off my game because I was like, is that a joke? And she, her feelings were super hurt and didn't really say anything about it until like six months later when we're at a party and she's totally making fun of me in front of all my friends. And we all super laughed, but I'm like, wow, I am such a loser jerk. So here's my public apology to my sister for saying, is that a joke? Because of course it's not a joke. You buy tons and tons of presents randomly. And so don't ever say that to anybody. It's really bad. But God's gifts are not a joke. Grace is the gift that he gives us. Um, and the acronym that, you know, churchy people say is God's riches at Christ's expense. So Christ dies on the cross. Remember the whole Christ taking on our brokenness and taking on our sickness. And so Christ takes all that on and at his expense, we get the riches of God. We get the goodness of God. And grace is, I was not even gonna, yeah, I was gonna say grace is so amazing. Mm, really? Cause that's the song, Amazing Grace but my brain was going faster than my mouth could work, which is why there's always those small pauses because I try not to like continue to talk when I'm trying to think of something. But grace is getting what you don't deserve. And mercy is not getting what you deserve. So we deserve to die forever and go to hell when we sin but because of God's mercy we don't take the punishment Jesus Christ did for us and so we are not getting what we we don't get what we deserve and grace is we get what we don't deserve which is all the riches of God's grace. And it's truly amazing. God's word is a huge gift. And 
finding a way to incorporate the word of God, whether you're a Bible reader or a devotion person or, um, you know, just in fellowship with somebody else. But I would, I would recommend investigating, trying to read and you don't have to read from Genesis to Revelation, but um, even just to start with the gospels or the Psalms, the Psalms are amazing, but so much to be said for the gift of God's word, the gift of baptism. And most of us are baptized when we are babies because Jesus says to baptize. And so I loved how Pastor Mark described it, like babies can trust. They they have this innate ability to trust because they trust humans in their life. And typically it's their parents that they trust for all the things that they need. And maybe, you know, in a case of adoption or a case of foster care or something, you know, being able to trust the humans that become your parents or that are your guardians or your just your adults in your life. So many different scenarios out there. And so there's this innate ability to trust. So clearly good parents, that sounds judgy. Um, and I apologize for that, but when you're parenting, you're going to make choices for your children. Like, you know, you have to brush your teeth and you have to take a shower and you have to go to school and you have to show respect and be polite. And so if, if we're going to not give them a choice on things like that, it makes sense that we wouldn't give them a choice and we would baptize them when they're infants as opposed to letting them make a choice. Here's the thing, that's that's one line of thinking. And I know that there's others that choose to baptize at a later point. Great. That's awesome too. I think the when you know Christ, getting baptized comes naturally. Um, when you know Christ and you are responsible for a tiny little human, it makes sense because Jesus says, baptized. And so to me, that is a gift of God and God is present there. Um, in communion, oh my goodness, Jesus says, this is my body and this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this often in, re in remembrance of me. God's gift of salvation is there. It is there in that amazing meal. And it's so easy to be like, mm, boy, it's this weird little wafery thing. And, you know, either juice or wine, depending on what church you go to, or if there's a choice. And that's crazy. But I do believe it is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And it is so powerful. Such a gift. And the gift of forgiveness of sins, when we publicly confess our sins. And that, that happens a lot at um, churches that are a little bit more Protestant, a little bit more liturgical, where you publicly confess your sins. And you're not like screaming out, 
oh, I gossiped and I said the F word and I, you know, was super rude and, you know, you're not screaming out your sins, but, you know, in a, in a brief, um, paragraph, you're, you're expressing your confession of, I am a sinful person in thought, word, and deed by what I've done and by what I've left undone. And then the pastor or the priest on behalf of Christ, because of Christ and through Christ, they, um, they, they announce the gift of forgiveness. They're not the ones forgiving you drink break, but they are the ones proclaiming that Christ is forgiving us. And those were some that Pastor Mark shared, and I just thought they were so, so good that these, that, that God's good gifts that give us that salvation, that lead us to that salvation, that help us to profess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. And because of that, we are saved so good, like so, so good. So God's gifts such a blessing and are present in those moments of grit. I almost didn't want to throw in the commercial, but I feel like when Anchor sponsors you, you do the commercial. It's the right thing to do. And I'm up to $23. I know, exciting, right? So let's go back to a movie quote. And this time, I'm not going to tell you where it comes from. Maybe you'll know it. Maybe you won't. Um, relative, relatively newer movie. The world will break your heart 10 ways to Sunday. That's guaranteed. I can't begin to explain that or the craziness inside myself and everyone else. But guess what? Sunday's my favorite day again. I think of what everyone did for me, and I feel like a very lucky guy. That was Bradley Cooper, um, who played Pat in Silver Linings Playbook. I loved that movie. I loved, loved, loved that movie. I thought it was awesome because my perception of it is that there's a little bit of crazy in all of us. And you've heard me say it before, like, let's just embrace the weird. Let's just be compassionate to people who are so different than us or whose differences are because of sickness or because of tragedy or whatever. And so Interestingly enough, and I'm not just trying to steal all of Pastor Mark's um, sermon stuff, nor the same for when I quote Pastor Brad or Pastor Guy Vogel, who's just so good. Anyways, um, Pastor Guy Vogel is a little bit older than Pastor Mark and Pastor Brad, um, so that experience often just comes right out of his mouth and it's amazing, but I don't just try to copy their sermons, which sometimes people are like, oh, I heard your podcast. It was like their sermon. Really? It was nothing like their sermon because they're eloquent and educated 
and I am crazy. But what Pastor Mark did say is talking about looking through looking at people through the eyes of Christ and sort of reframing what we say about our neighbors. And he was using the um he was using the example of like, you know, if a neighbor hasn't mowed their lawn and their, you know, yard's really scrappy and, you know, the other neighbor comes over and is like, hey, how about their lawn? And you basically put it in, you know, you sort of reframe it like, boy, I bet you they're working a lot or, hey, I'm going to offer to mow it. And, you know, it's just super nice. And the whole time he was saying it, I was like, ah, oh, it's embarrassing because that's my lawn. Like, whoa, we are, we are a little bit Sanford and Son in our yard. Like my husband's a concrete construction worker and sometimes there's, you know, plastic balled up and, um, you know, forms and brooms and things that you use for concrete and we're just the scrappy neighbors. So hopefully somebody will frame that up as, but they're really nice people. <sighs> Anyways, that's just my true confession of what I thought about the whole bring up the lawn incident because clearly you drove past my house. Um, he didn't, but <laughs> it's just funny, right? Am I funny? I kind of think I'm funny. Anyways, I'm not even sure what the point of that was other than Silver Linings Playbook, Embrace the Weird, Give People Grace, Give People Mercy, Compassion, Love, all that kind of stuff. And the truth is, where I'm really going with this, is Pat is grateful. He is showing gratitude here. He said, I think of what everyone did for me, and I feel like a very lucky guy. Right? Show gratitude, and the Bible is full of, what's the word I'm looking for? Suggestions, commandments, um, God telling us to give thanks. Give thanks in all situations, in that grit situation, not the um, persevering grit, give thanks for that for sure. But also in there's a whole bunch of sand in my eye. And how in the world do you say, be thankful for that? Look for the ways to be thankful. Look for the ways that that little piece of grit in your eye, and then you wash it out and your eye is still irritated. It gives you it gives you the that moment of, oh my goodness, thank God I'm not blind. Or, wow, I'm so grateful that I don't live in the windy desert. I don't know. But seriously, look for things to be grateful for. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard if you are suffering. I know it's hard if you are waiting so long for a diagnosis and to be healed. But God is present there. And when you look at the um, 
Oh my gosh, it is completely, it is the most famous psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord's is my shepherd. I feel like, I feel like there's another name for it, but the whole Lord is my shepherd psalm, listen to that. And it's not just about dying people, but he says, even though I'm, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I am, it, it was David and he was, you know, being chased after and Saul was going to kill him. And, you know, there were situations where he was in danger. And he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like God is present and he's present to the point that he lays out a whole feast in front of our enemy. Like Jesus, our savior sits down and feasts with us in front of our enemies. I mean, boy, that feels pretty nice when somebody who's mean to you and here your Lord and Savior is totally having a picnic with you in the valley. Nice, right? Always something to be grateful for, even if it's the presence of God. And I would suggest in your gratitude, or I should say in your grit, when you're looking for the gratitude, to build up the positive side of grit, that perseverance and that passion, look for the grace and God's word and remember your baptism or go to church and get communion. Unbelievable how that will bring gratitude to your heart and to your mind. Confess your sins. Get that guilt off you. Get that shame off you. Get that um, giant load that is weighing on your shoulders off you. Gratitude is huge. And, you know, they always say, you know, gratitude changes your attitude. It's so true. It does. AA often uses the subject of gratitude for people to talk about as a topic. And, and as people share things that they are so grateful for. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it is, I'm grateful for the rock bottom that I was in because there in that pit, I was able to realize I needed help. Good, good stuff in expressing gratitude. And sometimes expressing gratitude changes the whole situation. Remember the tie-dye outfit that I thought was gross? But I said thank you, and I wore it anyways. And the whole thing changed, and all of a sudden the worst outfit in the world, the grossest outfit in the world becomes, became the greatest outfit in the world. Gratitude is our bridge. It is our bridge from grit to grace, from the 
annoying, um, irritating grit to the grit of perseverance and passion. And so list things you're grateful for. Try to list 10. I bet that's pretty easy for most of us. List 20. I bet you I could get to 20. Start adding it up to 50 and 100. And you have to start you have to start thinking a little bit outside of the box. I mean, obviously you, you can start with like air and food and shelter and clothing and, you know, people and job and, you know, so all of a sudden getting to 10, not so hard. But when you start to get to 25 and 50 and 75 and 100, it gets a little harder and yet, and you find yourself putting silly things down like the straw I just drank out of. But honestly, a straw is a really cool thing. Like be thankful for a straw um, or, you know, chip clips. Seriously, who thought of the chip clip? Genius. A Ziploc bag? Are you kidding me? I use Ziploc bags all the time. I use them to, uh, I use them to put food in. And I know that's, I know that's partially what they're intended for, but like, I am delighted by the fact that you can save leftovers in a Ziploc bag. There are beautiful humans that actually wash the Ziploc bag and reuse them. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of those. Um, but I am grateful for people that tend to the earth better than I do. I'm grateful for people who love animals more than I do. I'm just not a huge animal lover. I know it sounds like I'm such a rotten human when I say that. I just didn't, like, that's not my thing. I don't have that Adam instinct to name all the animals. I'm way more like where God looked down at Adam and said, you know, he needs a suitable helper. Welcome to me. I'm a suitable helper. I'll be that, I'll be that friend and that um, co-worker in the garden with you and hang out and be in relationship with you. Not so much with just all the animals. I'm not a zookeeper is all I'm saying, but I'm glad people are. So find things to be grateful for, especially in those gritty situations it is good for us. It is good to give God the glory and the, the gratitude for his grace. And that is where when we go through all the stuff, that's where the grit comes from. I hope you've been inspired to embrace the grit um, and, and be a little bit gritty in life um, and to embrace the gifts that God has given you and certainly to express it through gratitude. Let's end on a couple other movie quotes like um, Jack Dawson from the Titanic 
I figure life's a gift and I don't intend on wasting it. You don't know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You learn to take life as it is. Come at you to make each day count. This one, very powerful and from an amazing movie. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. Yeah, that was from Kung Fu Panda. And I'm going to go straight out of Eugene Peterson's The Message. But first, I will give it to you. Let's go super old school and go King James Version. And so the King James Version says, hold on, I got to get to the King James Version. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Yeah, that King James Version is always just a little bit weird. But then you go to Eugene Peterson's The Message. And friends, it just sounds like it comes straight out of a movie. But instead, it comes out of the mouth of God. So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light, cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creation. Grit, gifts, and gratitude. Let's ponder those this week and show our gratitude to our wonderful, great God. Thank you.